James 5, 13-15 says, Is someone among you in trouble? He should pray. Is someone among you ill? He should call for the elders of the congregation. They will pray for him and rub olive oil on him in the name of the Lord. The prayer offered and trust will heal the one who is ill. The Lord will restore his health and if he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. I want to tell you right now, everything you need is available. Everything. Ah, some of you didn't grab that by faith. Everything you need is available. Jesus is still the answer for the world today. He's still the answer for your situations today. And if you have any need, I'm telling you, there's supply. There's a place. There's a someone that you can go to. And all your needs can be met. Not just all of them, but over and above them. That there's an overflow available for you today. That the stores of heaven are open to you today. The ears of our Heavenly Father are hearkened to hear you. Come on, the Lord's hand is not too short that it cannot reach you. His hand is not too weak that it cannot lift you. Come on, put your trust in Him. Everything you need is available. Thank you, Father, for this word today. As we break it, bless our time. In Jesus' name. What a privilege it is for me to be able to stand in this place to be sharing. I'm just so excited that I get to do this. I love what I do. And I'm just, I'm just so privileged to pastor and miss Amy for allowing me the opportunity to stand in this pulpit today. To be the one to share. All of us tremble. All of us tremble when the time comes. Man, we seek the face of God. We cry. We beg. We plead. We ask God, give us a word because you are precious to him. And so we never want to stand into this place and just conjure something, bring up something, make up something that sounds good. We want the word of the Lord. We want God, what heaven is saying right now. We want cutting edge, breaking news from heaven. So we, we do not take anything for granted when we're able to stand in this pulpit. But today, even more than that, I'm just so excited for some of you who don't know, I have a twin brother. He's also a pastor in the States and both of us are preaching today. Both of us are preaching today, and, and of course, it, it was by coincidence, because I didn't know, because he writes me, tells me, hey, bro, man, I'm preaching this Sunday, man. Do you got something? He texts me, do you have something for me? And I tell him, brother, you are anointed. I pump him up. You're anointed. You're the man of, the, of, of God for the hour with the power to heal, to transform, to change. You go forth. And then immediately, I get into a meeting after he's told me this pastor. is like, hey, you're on this Sunday. I write to him, hey, bro, give me something. <laughs> And he does exactly the same thing for him, me, and I'm just so excited that we are able to do this. My mom would have loved this. This would have been her best day ever to have both her sons, you know, bring in the word of the Lord. She's celebrating, I'm telling you. But I have a question for you. Have you ever been so overwhelmed with life you didn't know what to do? Have things around you gotten so crazy, your job, relationship, school, family, marriage, this world we live in, and you just didn't know what to do about it? Are you currently so stressed out of your mind, battling discouragement, doubt, fear, and so on? Are you so lost you don't even know the next step forward? And you feel so stuck. You feel like there's no way out. Then when you kinda, maybe speak out, share with someone, air your frustration, what you hear at best is, I'll pray for you. Or let's pray, brother, sister. 
let's pray. And that statement at that moment seems like the last thing we want to hear in the moment and in the reality of your real issues. Let's pray. You're like, hey, see, we do something more. And you're like, are you for real right now? Like, are you for real? I'm sharing my heart. You're like, that's all you got, man. That's all you got for me. Or it feels like a cop out for believers who don't want to get involved. and Just want to just dismiss the issue and put it under the rug. and Be just like, I'll pray for you. It can feel so disheartening sometimes because, man, you're facing it. You're in the fire of it. In the day and age we live in, prayer seems like a good thing to do. And I put it in quotes. <laughs> it's like a good thing to do. Or if it works, sour. I'll try it. Let's keep moving on if it doesn't. We are so wildly sometimes surprised, taken aback, that you prayed and it came to pass. You're like, I, I prayed. And imagine it came to pass. You're just so shocked. Yani, he did it. And it kind of gives you some psych until the next thing happens. And then you're back to, Prayer has become like a banking transaction. I deposit prayer and hope to withdraw blessings in return. Prayer has become a duty. We do so that we fulfill a righteousness. But there is no connection. There is no real connection while praying. We use it as an emergency call line. It's our heavenly 999. And you hope that there's someone on the other side to pick up. Or for you, it just makes you feel like, man, I can't really bank on prayer. Today, my title message for us is discover the power of prayer. Discover the power of prayer. Luke 3 tells us, and praying, heaven opened. And praying, heaven was open. In, verse, in, in chapter 9, it says, as he prayed, his countenance was altered. And then it says in Acts 4, and they had, when they had prayed, the place was shaken. That which begins with prayer ends in power. There's nothing easier to ignore and nothing Satan fights more than prayer. Have you ever started praying? All of a sudden, all this distraction. Have you ever started praying and you just feel so bored, disinterested, dis disengaged? Have you ever really started praying and you fall asleep? And what's interesting, you're just woken up and wash your face. And all of a sudden, you're just sleeping. And you're wondering, man, I don't even spend time. I've ever prayed for five minutes and it seems like you've been praying for three hours. And it feels so heavy. Satan attacks prayer. Yet the Bible is full of so many wild situations that prayer came through. Jehoshaphat was one of those people. There was a great army coming against him. An army had mixed up with another army and another army and they were coming against him. And this is what he was told. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea. And behold, they're in Hazon, Tamar, that is Egidi. 
Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah, all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. They prayed. That was his response. This was a dilemma of dilemmas. And his first response was not, what's the military strategy? Call the generals together. His first response was, let's pray. Call everyone to prayer. When Hezekiah was faced with the same, same, with the same dilemma, a great army from Assyria who men came and taunted him. You remember that guy named Sennacherib. When that guy came and taunted them and told them, don't even believe. If Hezekiah tells you that your God will save you, it's a lie. We've beaten other nations who had great gods. And we defeated them. It's a lie. In fact, even the officials were so timid. They say, speak, speak, speak to us in your own language so that people don't hear what you're saying. Eh? We don't want to cause panic. Eh? Just speak. The Bible says when Ezekiah was told this story by his servants, the Bible says he turned to prayer. He tore his clothes. He put ash on himself and he began to pray. Hannah, barren for so long. Desperate for a child. She prayed and God answered. And God came through. Joshua overwhelmed with the Amorite army. Looking at the day and feeling like, man, we are losing this war. And night time is coming. The Bible said he prayed and he commanded the sun to stand still. And the moon to stay in its place. So that they could have more time to win. And they won. Elijah, he prayed, the Bible tells us for there that there would be no rain for three years and there was no rain. Then he prayed again and he told God, now it's time, pray. let it rain. And it rained. Elisha, when faced with this woman who had, he had prophesied over that would get a child, when the child died, the Bible says he rushed in. And when he saw that body in that bed, he began to pray. We see prayer happening all the time. Throughout the Bible, individuals prayed. A nation prayed. Kings prayed. Mere servants prayed. All concerning various situations that were beyond them and the results were outstanding. Prayer is the key to the supernatural. It is worth noting that the disciples sitting at the feet of Jesus, talking with the master, Walking with him, spending time with him, seeing him performing mighty and wonderful miracles, seeing him doing things, speaking wisdom beyond their, their comprehension. They did not ask, please teach us how to do miracles. Please teach us how to preach. Please teach us to do A, B, C, D. All they asked is teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. The question that can be on our minds today is does prayer really work? In the day and age we live in. I mean, look around us. Things are thick. Seems like everything is going terribly wrong. And praying about it seems like a very small thing to do. What really, what really can prayer do? This is the answer I have for you. Solve the scarcity of prayer and you solve the secrets of problems. Solve the scarcity of prayer and you will solve the secret of problems. I want to declare to you today that what worked then still works now. Rebecca said it, if he did it before, 
as a result of the prayers that they made, he will do it again when we pray. So what discoveries can we make to this power of prayer that the people of the Bible made? Because prayer seemed like everything they did. Isn't it interesting when you read the scriptures? Is they prayed? When the disciples, the early church got into a lot of trouble, they prayed. When Peter was arrested, the Bible said people had gathered in Mark's mother's house and they were in prayer, praying and God did miraculous things. Prayer was constantly their mode. It was constantly their way of life. Prayer, Paul consistently asked, please, please pray for me. Paul even didn't ask, give me money. Paul was always like, please pray for me. Pray for me because he coveted people's prayers. Because there was something about prayer. Man, we're living in a time where prayer, man, feels like, men a task. It feels so heavy. It feels like, man, you're moving upstream. It feels like, man, this is the last thing and it becomes the first thing that we drop when situations and circumstances face us. So what discoveries can we make today? Number one, fast pray. Fast pray. The notion of fast pray is the same as seek fast the kingdom of God. We ought to always concern ourselves with what God wants. In every situation you're going through, God can and has a plan for you. Every situation, that's why we have to fast pray. Because we are seeking God to intervene in his way according to his plan and purpose. Psalms 18 verse 30, the first part says, this God, his way is perfect. It's perfect. In Isaiah 55, we know this scripture for us, the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. One of the reasons we don't fast pray is because we have a warped perception of God and his dealings. We don't like how God does things. He never gives us what we want, only what he thinks is good for us. It seems like he always has other plans that are so different from ours. He's always late. <laughs> That's how it seems like he's always late. He's never in a hurry. There is a, always a lesson. You always feel like there's always a lesson God wants me to learn. That's why he's taking the hard route with this situation. And as a result of it, prayer becomes the last resort. It's the last thing you do when all else has failed. Okay, let's pray. Let's pray now. I remember when I was wanting to get married. I wanted to get married when I was 16 years of age. <laughs> Glory to God. But I couldn't trust God with that prayer. Because I knew God, God will not want what I want. I just knew God won't want what I want. God will be seeking other things, not what I want. I thought, man, God won't get me a pretty chick. Eh? You know how the Bible says he looks on the outside. He looks on the inside, not the outside. Like God is just going to bring me someone and let me just tell you it was a lie. He got me a very pretty chick, both inside and outside. I thought God would take too much time to give me what I want because I was 16. <laughs> I was like, I'll take too much time. I can't trust God with this. And he did take time. I got married when I was 27. Over 10 years waiting, believing, trusting. <laughs> Every year was my year. <laughs> Everyone, pastor said, this is the year of, I always connected it to marriage. Open heaven, yes, connected to marriage. 
But I'm so glad looking back that I didn't get married when I was 16. Brother, was I immature. <laughs> Brother, did I need some things to be shaped and formed within my life? And I'm so glad I got married when I got married. It was the right time. And by the time I gave in to letting God do what God wants to do, it was quite a quick work. Because I was about 25 there. <laughs> within two years I was married. <laughs> Because God is a good God. Can I tell you God's plans and purposes are far greater and better in scope of anything you could ever dream or hope for? Far much better. So first pray as you are inviting the master of, the master of dream making, the master of miracle working, the master of mountain moving, impossible doing into your situation. First pray. Don't miss out, buddy. Secondly, pray in faith. Praying faith. Praying in faith has to do with trust in God. We say we trust him, but we constantly seek human intervention in everything we go through. We depend on able people, institutions, even governments to come through. Can I tell you the hope of this nation is not the government? It is not. I don't care what you think. It is not the government. There is a greater hope. There is a greater help. Jeremiah 17.5 says, this is what the Lord says, a curse is placed on those who trust other people, who depend on humans for strength, who have stopped trusting the Lord. David was such a man who had put his trust in God and he said, I, where my help comes from, it comes from heaven. It comes from God who made heaven and earth. Powerful prayer is prayed based on trust that God's got this. Can I tell you that situation you're going through? God's got it. Relax. Stop panicking. Tell your friends, stop panicking. He loves you and wants only the best for you. That might seem suffering. That might mean suffering for a while. But that little suffering is nothing in comparison to the glory that God has in store for those that believe him. My children have faith in me. They have so much faith, man, that when they come to ask, them they know. They trust daddy has this. We went to the shop one time. It was that time of the month when you were very focused. <laughs> to only pick what you can pick. You know that time of the month where you're looking at internet for stone, stone soup recipes. <laughs> You've reached that point. Now you think let's just cook some stones. There has to be a recipe for this. And I was so focused and I went with the kids and I told them in the car, where, when we get in there, don't ask Papa for anything, stay focused. Papa, we're not going to ask, we just want to come. And as we are walking, of course, you walk into those aisles where their eyes just pop up and they are so excited and they're like, ooh, I know I was asked and I just had my son, he was behind me. I beg you all. I'm, I'm dead serious, that's what he said. I beg you all. My papa, oh, just buy us one thing. One thing. <laughs> I'm there trying to stay focused. I'm like, no, he's like, I beg you, oh, Aki, my papa, oh, I just beg you. First of all, I'm wondering, where did you learn the accent? <laughs> Matthew tells us, in other words, you will receive everything you ask for. In prayer, no matter what it is, provided you have trust. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, trust that you are receiving it 
and it will be yours. Pray in faith. Trust. God is going to give it to you. God is going to bless it to you. God wants to give you. God is always at the height of his willingness to you, towards you. We are not grappling with what God wants us. We know that if we pray according to the will of God, that he hears us. And if he hears us, then we will receive the very thing that we've asked of. That's the confidence. That word confidence is trust. That's the trust that we have. Trust and you begin to see the power of prayer activated in your life. Thirdly and lastly, pray until it happens. Pray until it happens. What happens? What are we looking at? God happens. Pray until God happens. The power of prayer is realized when God comes through. That's when it's realized. The power of prayer is not the... Let me read that again. The power of prayer is not the prayer itself, but God who works through the prayer to bring forth the outcome. When we invite God in our prayer, we are inviting the almighty God. We're inviting God in all his power to intervene on our behalf. God takes pleasure in intervening on behalf of his children every time they cry out to him. When the disciples cried out to Jesus for help, he stood up and he commanded the sea to stop, the winds to stop. He takes pleasure in it and they marveled and wondered, who is this? That even the winds and the storms, they listen to him. When Lazarus' sisters called out to Jesus, desperate for their brother to be healed, and he yet he delayed. He delayed because he wanted to show forth his power. Pray until God happens. Pray until God happens. Don't resist inviting God into your situation. Right now where we are, the nation, we need God to happen. That's why we are taking time to pray. We are not praying because it feels good and it makes us feel like we did the church thing to do. No, God has to happen. We are facing giants. We are facing mountains. We are facing situations that none of us have the ability to change on our own. That's why we have to pray until God happens. And let me tell you, don't just allow God to happen in big things. Allow him to happen in small things. Small things. Because this is a principle. The principle is that you are so connected to what God is doing and what God wants to do that you always invite him. Always invite him into that situation. I remember, this. I finish. My parents, I don't know if I've told you this story before. I keep telling stories all the time. Sometimes I mistake, is it insight? Is it encounters I said? Is it creative arts? I'm always forgetting. Is it the pastors I told this story? If you've heard it, forgive me. I'm not growing old. But it's still a good story. <laughs> but I remember when we were younger, situations happened and we were kicked out from the place we were in and we didn't have a place to go. My parents weren't financially able yet at that time. And so we were taken in by two separate aunties. So me and my brother went and lived with one auntie. My folks lived with another auntie. But where my auntie, where my folks went to live was in a pub. It was a lodging upstairs and it was terrible. And we went to live in plot 10. You remember plot 10? 
Yes, we've lived in a plot 10. We lived in a house which had three bedrooms with three different families. All in the same house. I mean, we were all packed there. And I remember it was tough times. And sometimes, and my dad used to work shift. Uh, time, uh, he had used to have shift schedules. And so at that time, my mom would call us in the evening because she was so afraid. Because in that pub, Manze, people would fight all the time. It would get crazy at night. Cops would be called. My mom would be, you know, afraid. She was just given one room and the other rooms were being lodged out to those drunkards and all the manner of things. So she would call us. And this one day, my mom had called me and my brother to stay with her. And she was just upset. She was so upset she couldn't pray. She was upset because she had cried to the Lord for two years. We were there for two years. And nothing had changed. It looked like we couldn't move out. And I remember she just, and I could tell she was very emotional. And she just said, Kevo, please pray. Because at that point, there were some two women who had started fighting outside and it was crazy. And she was just frustrated and tired. And she said, Kevin, pray. And I remember just in that situation, I gathered every faith I had. And I prayed a very simple prayer. I think I was about eight or nine. And I prayed and I asked the Lord, give us our own place. Get us out of this situation. Let us live again as a family. Let us be together again. Let us enjoy. In Jesus' name we prayed and we finished. The next day, tell your neighbor the next day. God had that prayer and he answered suddenly. Apparently there was a situation with another family. And the individual of that house had to go for a season of time because he had gotten himself into trouble. And they needed someone to occupy the place in the meantime because he was going for a few years. And that woman just remembered us. She called my mom and she said, do you want a house? It is fully furnished. All you need to do is just carry your clothes. That evening, we were in a new house fully furnished and it was in Gong Road we were living in the suburbs never underestimate listen to me the power of your prayer it might be a simple prayer it might be not so fixed prayer my mom was such a woman of faith that sometimes she didn't even have time to pray so she just wrote a note, lifted it to God and said, you've seen it and moved on. And miracles will begin to happen. There's power in prayer. This is not the season for us to pray less. This is a season for us to pray more. Get down on your knees and pray. Leonard Ravenhill said, no woman, no man can ever rise, can ever be greater than their prayer life. You can never be greater than your prayer life. Your prayer life is unlocking things for you today. Don't give up. Don't give in. Keep pressing until God happens. Father, I thank you for your people today. I thank you, God, that for every need that has been presented before you, there is an answer. Father, we're inviting you to intervene, not in our own way, but in your way, with your own plans, according to your own purpose. Do it according to your will. We put our trust in you today. We know that you are able, more than able. We know that you love us and you care for us. You're a good father who wants to do good things to his children. So our trust is not misplaced. Father, we thank you. 
We thank you. We thank you. We thank you that from now on we are putting you first. We are putting you first. Small, big, wide, short, long term, short term. We're putting you first. So that Father, we can see you begin to do miraculous things in our lives. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Come on, can we appreciate God for one moment? Uh-uh. Can we appreciate God for one moment? Church, have a blessed week. Have a blessed week in Jesus' name.